So, Sugar, you ready to do this? Go for it. Alrighty, alright. So, that being said, let's go ahead and dive right on into BTLR. That's Brayhawk Tech Live Reports, our somewhat daily conglomeration of uh, news stories involving the tech and social media industry that we thought were interesting enough to share with you. Streaming live right now to the members of the Brayhawk Tech Club at BrayhawkTech.net. And, of course, the uh, the live stream has been piped to our uh, personal Facebook group, uh, simply titled the Brayhawk Tech Club, while recording the podcast uh, that's going to be uh, posted on our website, BrayhawkTech.com, our primary website, uh, via SoundCloud. It'll be embedded by uh, by SoundCloud for everyone to uh, to enjoy. This is one of the uh, the segments that uh, that everyone gets, at least by uh, by. Uh, podcast. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lornikins45 is in uh, is in the chat room. She says, uh, "Looks like uh, the little emoji, uh, emoticon. She uh, apparently loves my shirt. Uh, picked, uh, I, I like this shirt as well. I do. I picked up uh, a handful of these uh, not too long ago. I think it was about a month or so ago. I picked them up at Walmart. They were like five bucks each. I mean, you know, Walmart dirt cheap. You know. So I was like, why not? So I grabbed a handful of them. Uh, one of these days, if uh, if I can't think of uh, Anything to uh, to cover in a live stream, I might pull them all out and uh, show what shirts you can get at Walmart for like five to seven bucks each. But anyway, uh, it's interesting though that uh, that she's in the chat room. Lornikins45, uh, definitely you want to stick with us through this entire live stream because uh, especially when we come to the sound off segment, uh, because uh, I've uh, I've got a story to share that's in, on my mind that's in relation to what I'm going to be covering uh, for uh, for sound off. Uh, so uh, I've, I had this in the back of my mind. It's like, man, she's going to kill me when she hears me uh, uh, tell this story. Because Lorna is 45. Uh, I, I think everybody uh, realizes by now that's my mother. That's Lorna Hawkins. Uh, and there's a, uh, there's a story uh, back from my childhood that, uh, that I plan on uh, sharing. But that's, we're going to save that for, uh, for the sound off segment. Right now we're doing BTLR. So first thing I have to share with you, Samsung is apparently going to be adding some new obtrusive ads into your old smart TV. So if you happen to uh, own a, a Samsung smart TV, be aware of this. Uh, so if you're, uh, Samsung, uh, if you're Samsung and you want to uh, ring additional cash out of your television business, well, what do you do? Well, you add annoying advertisements to TVs that people already have in their homes, apparently. This is typical for, uh, for Samsung's uh, market strategy. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that Samsung is readying the European expansion of an initiative. Uh, it started in the United States last June, so almost a year ago, adding interactive advertisements to menu bars of its uh, high-end smart TVs. The impact, though, isn't going to be limited to just customers buying uh, new Samsung televisions either, as the company reportedly plans to, uh, to use software updates to retroactively bring the ads to older models that people already have in their homes. Uh, Samsung uh, doesn't have the uh, the most stellar reputation when it uh, comes to customer expectations and its TV products. Anyway, now uh, let me uh, dial that back just a little bit. Samsung does have uh, a lot of great products out there. Uh, the uh, their Galaxy line on their phone, their their great phones. Uh, their, their tablet line, the, uh, the Galaxy Tab line, great tablets, great Android tablets, uh, except uh, my personal opinion, having uh, pri uh, previously owned a, uh, uh, a Galaxy Tab 2.0, I think is what it was at the time. I've since sold it a long time ago. Uh, the only thing that I didn't really care for it was Samsung had gone a little bit too far as far as embedding their own experience in, on top of uh, the... Uh, uh, the Android experience. That's why I, I much preferred the uh, the Google Nexus because that, at the time anyway, uh, uh, again, we're talking about a 2012 model here, uh, that Google Nexus of mine was probably the purest uh, form of Android experience that you could get. Other companies like Samsung was baking their, sh basically their shit on top of it. And it, it, it kind of, uh, it, it kind of ruins the experience a little bit. But other than that, solid hardware and, of course, Android being a, a good solid platform. Uh, however, uh, we're talking about the, uh, the intrusion, the, uh, the further intrusion upon our lives of, uh, of ads. So, uh, this, around the same time, numerous complaints surfaced that Samsung televisions were inserting uh, mysterious Pepsi ads into uh, um, the middle of movies that the customers already owned. Uh, which that's strange. You've already bought and downloaded a movie, and you're watching an advertisement within the movie. That that's shady. That's extremely shady. 
so the solution in that case was to dive deep into the television settings to reject both a Yahoo privacy policy and disable a feature called Sync Plus that enabled the ads in the first place. Uh, so something uh, something that it seems Samsung customers in Europe will now have to deal with as well. Tricking customers into opting into ad-serving programs or adding intrusive features after televisions have already been purchased is kind of, for, for want of a better term to put it, actually there is no better way to put it, customer hostile behavior. It really is on the part of a company like this. Uh, and uh, consumers have had to put up with this for years ever since uh, PC OEMs like Windows have been doing this for decades now. But according to the journal report, it is part of an orchestrated strategy on the part of Samsung as the company has found that the television business has to be increasingly less profitable since uh, uh, the original high-definition boom. Uh, it's also worth noting that Samsung isn't alone either. LG has been experimenting with, uh, with pop-up ads uh, since 2013, and Panasonic has been uh, using software updates to add startup banner ads for years. Uh, so if anything, the lesson is that, uh, with the greater technological capability comes greater responsibility and television companies flailing for profit just can't seem to help themselves. So if you uh, get a new, uh, if you're in the market for a new uh, Samsung uh, television, be prepared to do some digging before you can actually watch your favorite films uh, or shows without interruptions. Uh, you can, of course, uh, turn off uh, motion smoothing while you're uh, while you're at it. Uh, so here's what that's kind of that's yet another one of the reasons why I'm kind of against or, or kind of anti smart television. Uh, for starters, are, are, are you really getting uh, an experience that's actually worth your money for what you're paying for it? When you can actually only, when you can actually very easily turn around, uh, buy an Emerson, like a 32-inch Emerson or bigger, like uh, like what I've got sitting uh, here to my right on my other, my secondary desk, or even the the 55-inch uh, uh, Sanyo that I have down in my living room. It's not necessarily a smart TV, but you plug in a dongle or you plug in an Apple TV or a Roku or whatever else is out there. Boom, it's smart TV, and you don't have to deal with the ads. On my Apple TV, never seen an ad. Never seen an ad, except for, of course, dialing that back once again, uh, except for certain apps like uh, uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, the A&E app, uh, where I can watch uh, certain A&E programs and, and stay up on the programming on uh, on that particular channel that, uh, that I like to watch. Uh, for a, a great example, Bates Motel. One thing that annoys me about that, though, is it seems like every 10 minutes they start rolling an ad. Now, and that's not the product. That's not the Apple TV. That's the app. That's A&E uh, force-feeding me the exact same ad over and over again about every 10 to 15 minutes while I'm trying to watch the program. Uh, I think there's a better way around this. I realize there, There's got to be a, a better... Uh, a, 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 a better market strategy. And I realize uh, I'm not delusional, I'm not stupid, I don't think ads are going away anytime soon. I just don't see the necessity of... Let me, let me reel that back in. Anybody with any damn sense has got to realize that ads are annoying. They're, they're intrusive. Uh, typically, they don't... Uh, consumers don't particularly care for them. In fact, as if you're watching a television program, that's the key to get up, go use the bathroom, go get a refreshment, whatever, forget the ad, uh, and uh, and then sit back down when the uh, when the channel comes on. Or actually back in the old days, uh, when we only had like three uh, network uh, televisions, ABC, NBC, and CBS, an ad came on, or a commercial came on, guess what, we're flipping over to the next channel, for at least for the next five minutes. So these companies have got to understand that. Because they've all had to have been there, you know, at least once in their lives. So, the uh, the the idea, the audacity of further ramming ads down consumers' throats, I don't get it. Except for just greed. That that's all the all all it is to it. You know, the idea of just making money. We don't get we don't care about the customer uh, the consumer experience. At least that's what they're saying, or at least that's what they're implying. How wh how we're perceiving it. How I'm perceiving it, I guess I should say. Uh, Sugar, do you agree? Disagree? Anything? Um, you know, a lot of it, I think, is because um, people are cutting the cords and not watching your regular uh, cable channels and network stations. We're not getting exposed to as many commercials as we were before. So they're just putting them all over the apps and everything else as if it was just a regular 
TV experience. I think it's just something we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> right. And in the case of like the A&E app that I brought up here a minute ago, I can understand that to a point. Uh, you know, showing, you know, the same couple of ads over and over again, you know, every 15, 20, you know, every 10 or 15 minutes. I get that. That's within the app, though. The product has absolutely, like my, like I said, my Apple TV has absolutely no control over that. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about a hardware company, Samsung, uh, include, or including their own ads. So basically piling ads on top of ads on their own platforms. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy and it's like it maybe get this vision of like what the future is going to be we might even have to turn this into like a, a movie because <laughs> ads are going to be everywhere we're going to interact with them they are not going away they will be everywhere you will open your refrigerator and you will get an ad for milk and eggs and cheese and everything yeah it's it ain't going anywhere and it's hard to say. You can't keep telling them, you know, the, you know, they are being greedy, of course, mm -hmm. but they're not going anywhere. They're just going to find new ways, creative ways to get the ads in our face. And funny you should mention about what the future might uh, might actually look like. It reminds me of that video that I stumbled across uh, last week while I was looking for material for a live stream, uh, wherein. Uh, it was a, uh, a Japanese lady wearing a, uh, a virtual reality headset because virtual reality, it's, it's becoming more and more a thing. And it could very well be that uh, virtual reality is going to be further integrated into our daily lives. And, it, and throughout the course of this video, this lady was just trying to do something simple like running errands, grocery shopping. And she was using virtual reality. She was being bombarded with ads left and right. And then suddenly her system was hacked and the whole thing crashes. And then suddenly she just didn't know how to how to function as a normal human being. You want to talk about scary, the, the way the, uh, that video portrayed it, the way they showed it, the way they presented it, it's very possible. Very possible. Oh, yeah. I see a future movie here that uh, we might be producing in the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Lornikins45 says, do you remember all the flack that there was over uh, the DVR when it first came out? Nothing since. Uh, of course, I started out with TiVo. Yeah, I do. Uh, what uh, what she's talking about there was uh, when DVR first came out and TiVo, uh, you recorded a program. Well, you could fast forward through them, so you weren't even seeing the ads. The companies weren't liking that. Uh, but uh, so now they they've got to come up with be uh, better ways to cram their uh, their ads down your throats. Of course, now we're in the age of uh, streaming content. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, Lorna is just 45 just posting the chat room DVRs allow people to fast forward through the commercials yeah I just uh, uh, kind of just mentioned that of course I know there's a little bit of a delay between uh, the chat room and the live stream uh, so uh, yeah um, they're not going away and Samsung's doing some shady crap so uh, just be aware of that uh, if you happen to be in the market for a uh, smart TV for whatever reason the next thing I had to share with you in this one you want to talk about crazy incredibly crazy there's a new fraud alert out there that i thought i would throw in in this uh there's a there's a new scam that's uh what there's what's happening here is scammers are getting victims to pay or pay out money with itunes gift cards so it goes like this everyone likes uh gift cards right in fact uh, we've held a couple of contests already on uh, on brayhawk tech uh, for uh, for our patron club members or for our club members in general, where the reward uh, we rewarded them out with gift cards, Amazon gift cards, because that was the easiest way to do it. Uh, the uh, the winner could choose to use that gift card however they wanted. They're great. I love gift. I love gift cards myself. Gift card just like cash. Uh, it's a it's a quick, convenient, and basically untraceable way for con artists actually to get money. We've there's for years now. There's been scams and cons and all kinds of shady crap happening with gift cards but there's a new one and even if the victim realizes they've been scanned there's typically no way to reverse the transaction that's the problem with uh, with a lot of this so right now uh the uh, the popular itunes gift card is the uh, the payment method of choice for a lot of swindlers right now uh so uh, what uh, this is coming from a Federal Trade Commission, a, uh, a Karen Hobbs, who's the senior attorney at the, Karen, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, has said uh, we've noticed a real spike in complaints and consumer losses related to iTunes gift cards. iTunes is certainly a recognized name. 
uh, but many people don't understand how it works, and that's what the scammers are counting on. So, payments via iTunes gift cards are being used to commit various types of phone scams, uh, according to a recent warning on the FTC website. Uh, these include phony debt collectors, uh, callers who pretend to be uh, family members in need of money to handle emergencies, or even fake IRS agents. And that's what's blowing my mind here. Uh, somebody pretending to be an IRS agent calling you going, hey, you know, you're you're in debt to the U.S. Treasury, uh, Treasury Department. You know, you, you owe this much in taxes. We're going to have you arrested like by the end of the day. But you can get a, uh, you can uh, avoid this. You can pay out in uh, in iTunes gift cards. Said no IRS agent ever. No legitimate IRS agent ever. I have yet to come across a, uh, uh, a any sort of government financial system that would accept any sort of debt payment in iTunes gift cards. I've never even seen debt collectors. And believe me, I've dealt with debt collectors. I've never even seen debt collectors that were willing, yeah, we'll work with you, you know, pay us in iTunes gift cards. No... That's never happened, and the the idea of somebody actually getting away with somebody pretending to be a family member is like, how the hell does that even work? Well, let's find out more. So the U.S. Treasury Department recently issued a scam alert saying that callers impersonating IRS employees or pretending to be with the Treasury Department are demanding payments with iTunes gift cards. Uh, any call requesting taxpayer uh, taxpayers place uh, funds on an iTunes gift cards or other prepaid cards uh, to pay taxes or fees is an indicator of fraudulent activity. Of course, this is again coming from the uh, Treasury Inspector General or uh, for uh, the, uh, the Tax Administration. This is a caution by that individual. You think, to say the least. Apple has already jumped on board with this. Apple is aware of the problem and has posted this warning notice on the uh, gift card selection of its websites. They say iTunes gift cards are solely for the purchase of goods and services on the iTunes store and the app store. Okay, that's in iTunes, wherever you find iTunes. On an iPhone, on an iPad, on an iPod, on a Mac computer, on a PC, uh, wherever you can find iTunes or any of one of their app stores on uh, their iOS platforms or their Mac store platforms. That's the only places you should be buying uh, iTunes gift cards for. So, uh, the statement goes on to say, uh, should you receive a request for, uh, for payment using iTunes gift cards outside of iTunes in the app store, please report it to uh, ftc.gov forward slash complaint. So, how does this actually work? Lornikins45 has already jumped on board and says, how stupid can people get? Ugh. Well, this is how it's working. Uh, when a fraudulent caller convinces someone to pay, uh, pay this way, the victim is told to go to a store, uh, purchase an iTunes gift card, load money onto it, and then provide the 16-digit code on the back of the card. Uh, this can be done by a phone call, text, or email. Sometimes the crook will stay on the phone with the victim as they actually go to the store and buy the card. Uh, John Brayalt, who's the uh, vice president at the National Consumers League, says uh, once, uh, once this is done, the money on the card is quickly depleted uh, by the scammer and the consumer is left with a worthless piece of plastic. Uh, think of those uh, digits on the back of these cards as cash. Uh, giving that code to somebody is like giving them cash. If, they, uh, if they're asking for payment by an iTunes gift card, it's a scam. Don't do it. Uh, stolen iTunes gift card codes are uh, also being sold on the black market. So I'm guessing that's what the, uh, what the, uh, the payout is. So a crook calls... The victim says, hey, you know, uh, you owe money. Uh, I'm going to accept uh, payment uh, via form of iTunes gift card. So you give them the, uh, the code number. They turn around and sell that code on the black market somewhere and get the cash for it. Makes sense. That's, that's the only way I could imagine it working anyway because really those 16 digits, it's not like a credit card number where you can go buy anything anywhere or even, you know, withdraw money anywhere. It's specifically for Apple's... Uh, software products, iTunes. So it sounds crazy uh, telling people to use uh, gift cards to pay for an unpaid debt or uh, back taxes, but apparently it works. Uh, people are doing it and losing significant amounts of money. 
just last week, the police department in Port St. Lucie, Florida, uh, reported that a local man was scanned by someone claiming to be an IRS agent. According to the department's news release, the phony agent threatened arrest if the man did not pay a uh, purported tax debt immediately. Uh, the victim did as he was told, and he bought $2,300 in iTunes gift cards and provided the, uh, the card number on the back. Uh, by the time he realized he had been swindled, scammed, the money, of course, was gone. Uh, someone also fell for the uh, grandkid scam, so uh, if you're an elderly person, be aware of this. Uh, the grandkid scam works like this. These scammers have uh, have an answer for everything. Basically, what they're doing is pretend, pretending to be a, a family member. Uh, this is a quote uh, saying these scammers have an answer for everything. After I was convinced I had been speaking with my grandson who uh, needed $4,000 for bail, I was given instructions to buy iTunes gift cards in $500 increments. I was so emotional by then that I, I did as I was said. Only after completing the, uh, the transaction in my mind was at ease that I start thinking clearly and within a few minutes realized I I, uh, had been scammed. Too late, cannot recover uh, from the uh, from Apple Store credit card company as I had willingly given information to the scammers. In hindsight, there were red flags all over the place. That was that was a story posted by uh, an unidentified victim. But anyway, so criminals outside the U.S. are also integrating iTunes gift card payments uh, method into their scams. Uh, fraud cases involving the cards have been uh, reported in Canada and also the United Kingdom. Uh, should and now here's the question here's the uh, here's the dilemma here should Apple actually do more to prevent this well fraud.org's uh, John Brayalt believes that uh, Apple should do more uh, to protect uh, people than simply posting a short warning notice on its website he went on to say that uh, we think Apple can can and should be doing a better job of trying to uh, to get a handle onto this problem uh, of course that was a quote to uh, to NBC News he says, we reached out to Apple, but we never actually heard back. Funny how many times I actually say that when uh, when it calls for a, uh, a response or a comment from, a, uh, from a, a giant company like Apple. But anyway, and it seems from what consumers told us, and they've written on the, uh, the Internet, that their complaints to Apple appear to be uh, falling on deaf ears. Uh, so we hope uh, Apple takes a, a look at this and tries to uh, to get serious about cracking down on this kind of scam. I've got something to say about that here in just a second, but let me go ahead and finish the story. So NBC News apparently contacted Apple about this, and a spokesman said that if someone contacts Apple support after sending off the gift card code and the money has not uh, been drained from the card, they can actually freeze the account and have the money refunded to them. If the money is already gone, Apple advises people to file a complaint with the FTC. That's basically all they can do. So the bottom line, iTunes is the latest, but the not only payment method popular with criminals right now. So be aware of this. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission warns that scammers might also ask for an Amazon gift card or re uh, reloadable uh, prepaid debit card like MoneyPack, uh, Reloaded, or uh, uh, Vanilla. Uh, I know Walmart's got one uh, that's uh, MoneyGram. It's uh, it's right here. Wire transfers via Western Union or MoneyGram are still popular uh, uh, payment methods. If it's uh, quick, convenient, and untraceable, the cro uh, the crooks will like it. Something I found out very recently about MoneyGram. If you send up to a certain amount of money, and I think it's like a thousand dollars by MoneyGram, actually uh, Walmart will turn around and blacklist you from sending any more money. So there are protection uh, pieces in place there. But it's uh, it's not quite enough. So the FTC scam alert about iTunes gift card has uh, this uh, sound advice. If you're not shopping at the iTunes store, you should not be paying with an iTunes gift card. And it really, you can't get any simpler than that. All right. Now, let me go. Uh, let me uh, reel back here real quick to this uh, assertion that Apple should be doing more to protect people from this kind of scam. I'm sorry, but Apple is a business. Apple is a company. Uh, they, they've got some great products. They've got some great services. What they're not in the business of is babysitting people. Okay, they they operate a, their business on the good faith that people are intelligent enough to realize that the uh, the the services that they offer, such as gift cards, that people understand that there's really only one or two places that you can use these damn things at, and outside debts was not the intent. I'm sorry, but that's not Apple's responsibility. That's the end user's. That's the consumer's responsibility to be more to be more aware of what's going on. What this whole thing reminds me of, uh, before I get uh, Sugar Cube's opinion here, what uh, this really resonated with me because uh, 
not too long ago, I think it was like a couple of years ago, I caught a, uh, a movie. Uh, the movie was titled Compliance. And it was based on a true story. What had happened with this incident is an individual, I believe it ha- this happened at a McDonald's in uh, Indiana, where uh, what had happened was a, a, a prank caller, uh, the, the, the criminal here, the bad guy in this case, had prank called a, a McDonald's pretending to, uh, to be a policeman. What uh, and what he told the manager, he got on the phone with uh, with the manager of this particular McDonald's and goes, look, you know, I'm I'm detective so and so with the police department. Uh, you have a uh, uh, an 18 year old uh, employee there. Of course, uh, the, uh, uh, the the manager's like, yeah, we have a an 18 year old female employee here. Okay, well, uh, she's being suspected of stealing from another customer, stealing her purse or something. Uh, and also, we're suspecting her of uh, of uh, of drugs. So we're at her house right now, searching her home. What we need you to do, manager of McDonald's, is strip search your employee, and uh, and and make sure she doesn't actually have any drugs on her. And the uh, and the manager went along with it. It doesn't that doesn't end there. That story got even worse. Uh, at the behest of this fake policeman not only was this employee strip searched by the uh, by the manager of McDonald's but all kinds of horrible things happened to this young lady throughout the course of the day this guy kept that particular McDonald's on the phone having this person having this victim do all kinds of horrible things she was she ended up being sexually assaulted uh at the behest of this fake policeman, just all kinds of weird crap. And that's the reason why the movie was called Compliance, because, well, it was a police officer. This is an authority figure, so I better go along with what he says. Lornikins45 posted in the chat room here a little bit ago, unbelievable. You're damn right, unbelievable. But I guess the way it works, I mean, just putting myself in the mind of a criminal, if I can figure out how to push your emotional buttons correctly and manipulate you, I guess I'm going to be banking on the idea that any common sense is going to go right out the window, and you're just going to go right along with what I say. Like, paying me out in in an iTunes gift card, as ridiculous as that sounds right now. Uh, I guess we just don't really know until we're in that position, but... And Lornikins45, I guess, uh, asking uh, about the story I just told, didn't that actually happen? Yeah, I said it was based on a true story. It, it did actually happen. Uh, talking about that incident at McDonald's, the, the whole compliance incident. Scary, very scary. Sugar, thoughts? I'm, I agree with you. Um, you were just talking about that story. It reminded me um, of a story I had heard uh, here locally. I, I think it was here locally. Um, that there was this prank callers calling um, fast food restaurants, uh, saying that they were the fire department and there was a gas leak. And they needed to go bust out all the windows in the restaurant, and 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 the people would do it. You know, it's the same kind of thing when you, when you think you're on the other line with a, some type of authority figure. Right. Your right. your brain just kind of like automatically because what we're trained and you know to do since we're kids is we're supposed to listen to them, comply is what you were talking about. Right. And uh, yeah, we just kind of like go in that mode. And uh, I think that's part of it, and why these criminals are, are trying to, to do this. Now, the whole thing with the iTunes gift cards and everything, it's just preposterous. Uh, you don't know how many calls I've gotten with people trying to say they're from such and such company, they need uh, X amount of dollars, or they need my uh, Social Security number, or um, I owe them X amount of dollars. And then usually I, I respond with, okay, well, can you give me an account number? Can you give me my full name? Can you give me my phone number? Can you verify my address? They can't. They can't give me any information, you know. And it's companies that I know, you know, I'm not in debt with anyway. So, um, yeah, it's. I think I've been desensitized to it because of being, I guess, exposed to it over and over and over again. That if, if someone was to call me, which I know the IRS does not call you. No. Yeah. And tell you that right now, they do not call you. Um, they send you letters. Yes. yes. Mail. <laughs> Snail mail. Snail mail. Snail mail. Correct. That um, if someone was to call me and say they were IRS, I would I would be, okay, well, give me your name and uh, your extension number and your phone number, and then I will contact the IRS myself and give them 
say I talked to blah blah blah. They hang up really quick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just you know, it's common sense, I guess. And as far as Apple having to be responsible, no, just what you said. It's not their job. No, they they can't be held accountable for stupidity. They are not in the business of babysitting people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and actually, what Sugarcube is just describing, uh, I don't even go that far. Uh, another uh, suggestion I would have: uh, screen your calls. I screen mine. Uh, if a number comes up, uh, I don't recognize it. Well, guess what? You're going to be talking to my voicemail. Or if I'm not expecting a call from you, uh, even if it's a number I might not recognize, but I, I'm not expecting a phone call, because uh, I'll, I'll that'll happen a lot around here. Uh, like if I got to take my car to a dealership or you know whatever, and it is a local number. Okay, I'm expecting a call, so I'm going to answer it. Uh, but other than that, if it's not somebody I know, I won't even answer it. You can talk to my voicemail, uh, and if it's uh, if it sounds important, if it sounds legit, I'll call you back. If not, guess what? You're not going to hear from me. Exactly. And if you ever have grandkids or children calling you for bail money, it'll be them personally. And if you don't recognize their voice, ten to one. It's not your relative. Yeah, I don't even know how that one works. I mean, you must not know your family that well. And I'm sorry, even if I've got family that I don't know that well, if they start calling me asking me for bail money, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> well, yeah, if you don't know them that well, when the hell are you going to give them bail money? If you can't recognize their voice, right? Right. then you don't know them well enough to be even giving them bail money. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, just uh, the thing of it is, uh, folks, just if it, doesn't sound right it probably isn't that's that, uh, that's all there is to it that's all there is to it uh lornigan's 45 just said she got a call the other day saying it was the irs and i needed to call a number that they gave me i called the number and they told me i owe two thousand dollars and i was going to be arrested same thing exact same thing uh so you're gonna have to tell me what the uh, what the outcome of it was so somebody tried targeting uh lornigan's 45 uh, she's a smart lady, though. She's pretty sharp, so she knows what's uh, what's fake and what's not. Yeah, that, like I said, it happened to me before about two years ago, almost two years ago now. What I did was ended up, I contacted the IRS, um, and then I gave them the phone number they had told me to call. Mm-hmm. That way, they could follow through with trying to catch the scammers. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Lauren, yeah, you, you should just definitely pass on the information to the official irs about it right and they have a whole division for it so don't worry about it yeah um there's something else i was going to add there and i completely uh lost uh lost track but anyway yeah we'll just have to keep posted on uh, on that one uh and uh, actually oh yeah i was going to share what uh what my closest one nobody's ever called me uh demanding money uh, except for, well, legitimate. Of course, that's been years now. I think I've since cleared up most of my <laughs> financial issues. Uh, but uh, the most recent one that I thought was hilarious was uh, some somebody had gotten a hold of my uh, my cell phone number, which is kind of unusual. And they had called me, this lady, it sounded like she had some sort of like Filipino or some sort of Asian accent, uh, telling me that uh, I had won a, uh, a drawing from the government I had won something like eight thousand uh, dollars from uh, from from the federal government because I pay my bills. Uh, that was all there was. So I was like, I was like, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You're saying that you're going to give me eight thousand dollars because I want because you pulled my name out of millions of people that live in this country because I pay my bills. Don't ever fucking call me again. I hung up on. I never heard back from her since. But how they how they get got a hold of my cell phone number, I have no idea. Actually, that was right around the same time that I got here. So it was right around the same time that I was uh, posting a lot of job applications online, which sometimes that's not exactly the most secure thing to do either. Just you, you just got to use some common sense. You just got to use some common sense. Next thing I got for, uh, to share with you, uh, there's a uh, there's a new app uh, apparently that's only been released in Australia though, but I th- I'm predicting that it's only going to be a matter of time before it hits the U.S. Basically, what this uh, works as or how this works is it's like a tender uh, for uh, for insurance for specifically your uh, your electronics devices. Now again, uh, I mentioned this before in the beginning of this live stream. How tender works, I don't really know. I've never actually been on Tinder. All I know is it's a dating app, and there's a lot of swiping right going on. That's really all I know. 
But in this, in the case of this insurance app, I guess it works in a similar fashion. So an American startup is hoping to overhaul uh, basically the stuffy insurance industry with a couple of swipes. So on Monday, Trov is the name of this, launched its latest product in Australia, which is an on-demand insurance for single items through its mobile app. Uh, this was uh, Trov was of course founded in 2012, and uh, it's the company's uh, free iOS and Android app. Previously allowed people to create a digital inventory of their possessions, but it it's now adding uh, an, an extra level of service. Uh, the insurance offering uh, is currently iOS only, though. So only uh, apparently it's not just uh, phones and tablets and whatnot. It's specifically iPhones, iPads, uh, that kind of thing. So to insure an uh, to insure an item, users simply load the details onto the app, uh, select it, swipe right, and turn on protection. A uh, toggle allows them to change the time period uh, it is insured and for insured for, and how long uh, or how much uh, excess they're willing to accept. Uh, Trav is spearheading a move toward uh, micro duration policies. Uh, uh, Trav founder and CEO uh, Scott Walchek told Mashable Australia that it's a uh, wholesale reinvention of the way people protect their items, their products. Users can also make an insurance claim on the uh, on the app via. Uh, via the technology of the moment, which is an interactive chat bot. He went on to say that on our server side is an intelligent learning bot, which is uh, providing very empathetic language around uh, around helping someone make the claim. Uh, like, when did it happen? Where did it happen? Do you have photographs? That sort of thing. So according to Walchak, the company uh, aims to uh, automate up to 90% of its uh, claims. At launch, Trav only offers uh, insurance for portable consumer electronics, laptops, uh, tablets, phones, so on and so forth, but hopes to uh, expand its range of items very shortly in the very near future. Uh, while the user's perspective, uh, perspe from the user's perspective, they engage only with uh, Trav. The company is working with underwriters to obtain insurance. They uh, they provide their uh, their balance sheet and the heavy regulatory cover for uh, a force to operate. Of course, this is an explanation from uh, Wallcheck. So overall, uh, again, this is just a. a a, a test project that I guess they're uh, they're performing right now in Australia, but I would, I would imagine uh, here pretty soon it's got to be a uh, it, it, it it's got to be a matter of time before this gets released to the U.S. Me personally, me personally, I think this is actually a really good idea, especially uh, with recent experiences I've had. Now, when I uh, I've I've never actually purchased insurance on say my phone or my tablets because I just well I'm careful enough with my stuff I figured I didn't need it. Well, so I've got an iPhone 6s Plus that I upgraded to I believe back in November. Didn't get the insurance on it, and I believe it was last month I had a uh, small mountain biking incident which shattered the screen of uh, of my iPhone. I believe uh, the cost was $158 to fix, which that's not too bad, but had I had insurance on it, and I have absolutely no idea what insurance would run me in the long run, it probably would have been uh, half that, and it probably would have been uh, a little bit less of a hassle. What I had to do was I had to go all the way to Tucson to, uh, to, the, to the nearest Apple store. Uh, of course, they fixed it right on the spot. It took them like 40 minutes. But still, I'm thinking maybe, you know, if, if something like this would have been available, I'm thinking that uh, it, it could have saved me even more headache. So I think it's a good idea. Sugar? No. No? <laughs> I, well, you know, I love to disagree with you. I know. Um, <laughs> the reason why I say no is because right now there's so many different options that you can insure your electronic gadgets with. And okay, yeah, you had to. You broke your your phone, mm -hmm. your case, or not case, your screen. The screen, the screen. But that was okay. Like I said, it was your fault. Yep. But like yep. you said, you know, in hindsight, maybe you should have got the extra protection through your cellular provider because I know that they offer it. Mm -hmm. And um, but in the long run, though, I mean, you had it a turnaround within a day and had it fixed, right? True. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. is an off-site company. You probably would have had to mail your phone off to them to have it repaired and have it mailed back to you. And from what you said, with 90% of it, they want to be automated 90%. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be dealing with a bot. True. That True. Is, yeah, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound like a fun experience at all. Because, I mean, hell, just doing normal, you know, taking in something for warranty repairs, whatever, is not fun. So can you imagine if you had to go through that for this company when your screen broke on your cell phone? You, that's, that's... Yeah. 
That's a good point. Uh, I would like to give it the, uh, the benefit of the doubt, though. I I haven't downloaded Trov. I don't. I have absolutely no idea what it looks like. Uh, I'm just coming for, uh, coming at it from the perspective. Okay, um, I've, I've got a broken iPhone screen. Uh, my best option is to drive all the way to Tucson, uh, find the Apple Store, and believe me, it was it was a chore finding the Apple Store, even with a GPS. Uh, whereas maybe I could have stayed right here in Sierra Vista and taken it to one of these other places in town that uh, was actually offering or, or uh, wanting to charge me something like $350. Like, well, okay, maybe I, I've got insurance on the thing, though. But that's going back to maybe I should have actually just purchased the damn insurance with the, uh, with the service provider. Uh, what I'm thinking is for dumbasses like me who, okay, we, we've recovered from this. Maybe I do need insurance on my, uh, on my stuff. Well, there's an app that I can go through, get the insurance. And then the next time this happens, I can go through them uh, again. Like you said, though, barring, uh, a, uh, a hassle of an experience with a bot. Uh, again, though, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. If, uh, bots are, bots are evolving, bots are evolving. Maybe it would have been a lot easier for me, or maybe I'm just being maybe I'm maybe just being too optimistic. Well, no, I mean it might have been. I I, I would definitely say it's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. Me personally, when it comes to stuff like that, it's like I mean, I had insurance on my phone. Um, yes, I let it expire, but I have insurance on my Android phone. Do I really need it? I don't know, but I got it anyway. And I know I can just run up here to the corner if anything happens to it, my insurance takes care of it. I guess to me, when I hear the word bot, it's being based out of Australia. There's, there's well, they're gonna get underwriters. Who are the underwriters going to be? They're going to be the local area. They're trying the. It's not based out of Australia. They're uh, they're try they're experimenting with this right now in Australia. They've they've okay, launched this service in Australia, uh, and and I I agree. There is a stigma when uh, when you hear the word bot. There just is, and I think there are just so many at the present moment. There are tons of options of getting warranties for your home computer, for your phones, and everything that you know you you can purchase um, insurance pretty much through any major retail store, even if you didn't even buy the product through there. there They do have extended warranty programs for stuff like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. You have to keep me updated on it. I see your point. I definitely see your point. Uh, just one other thing uh, about insurance on these things. I mean, you Going back to my original mentality, it's like I'm not going to need the insurance. I don't want to pay out that extra money. These things are 800. This phone right here is 800 dollars. And exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I should have. You should have. You kicked yourself and said, "No, I'm going to pay the extra such and such a month just in case the phone is 800 dollars." I mean, I have a hundred dollar little Android phone, but I only pay two dollars a month, and it covers everything: screen cracks, whatever. It could be ran over by a car. Two bucks a month is not bad. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it would be a little bit more expensive for my iPhone. I think it was, I think it was twelve fifty a month covers everything that happens to my iPhone. Okay. You know, so, yeah, to me, you never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You got a good point. You got a good point. Uh, so, uh, last thing I have for, uh, to share with you as far as BTLR, uh, PayPal. PayPal has apparently driven another nail into the uh, into the coffin of Windows Phone and BlackBerry, and I'm really disappointed with this. Uh, in February, PayPal launched a new version of its mobile app, uh, 6.0, and wants uh, iPhone and Android users to upgrade to it uh, until the end of June. Uh, Windows, uh, Windows Phone, BlackBerry, and Amazon Fire users, however, are getting a different message. PayPal is discontinuing the app on those platforms on June 30th. This came from an announcement post Wednesday. Last Wednesday, PayPal VP Joanna Lambert explains that Windows Phone users will still be able to access PayPal on the mobile web uh, through, uh, through both Internet Explorer and Microsoft Edge, likewise on the Amazon Fire devices, and BlackBerry users are advised to switch to the mobile web experience. Though the, uh, the post notes that on BlackBerry, uh, you can continue to use the BBM app uh, to send peer-to-peer PayPal payments. Uh, they went on to say that it was a difficult decision to no longer support the, uh, the PayPal app on these, plat- on these mobile platforms. 
But we believe it's the right thing to do to ensure that we are investing our resources in creating the very best experiences for our customers. We remain committed to, uh, to partnering with mobile device providers, and we apologize for any inconvenience this may cause to our customers. So it's no surprise that, uh, that support for BlackBerry and Windows Phone is dwindling. Uh, in a recent uh, Gartner report, the two platforms had less than 1% market share between them. Windows actually only had like 0.7% and Black. BlackBerry had only like 0.2. Uh, so in February, WhatsApp uh, announced that it would no longer support BlackBerry and at, at the end of 2016, and several companies, including GoPro and Here, have dropped support for Windows Phone actually this year. BlackBerry has been coping with its ever-shrinking market share by uh, pivoting to Android. Uh, the company said in April it plans to release two, uh, two new Android phones this year, and Microsoft's mobile future is a little bit muddier, uh, quite a bit muddier, actually. Uh, but with the company uh, recently selling uh, its uh, feature phone business and laying off 1,850 employees from its smartphone division, and it looks like as if Windows Phone's fate is pretty much sealed. And I, I really hate reading. Uh, I hate finding out about uh, things like that because... One, it's, it's really not good for, uh, for the consumer market because that's, that's less and less competition that's, that's out there, which means less and less drive for the, uh, the surviving companies to actually give you a decent product. Uh, BlackBerry, I, I toyed with the idea of BlackBerry for a while. I, I decided against it. Uh, I actually toyed even more with the idea of, uh, of Windows Phone. In fact, I even picked up a couple of lower-end models. I think they ran me like 40 bucks. I'm holding in my hand right now a, a, a Nokia Lumia 630, I believe this one was, just to see for myself what the Windows experience was on a device like this. And actually, believe it or not, I really liked it. I really liked it. So... There, there's all kinds of videos. I think even Chris Perillo had uh, released a, a segment called, you know, Three Reasons Why uh, Windows Phone Has Failed. And one of them being, well, the advertisement behind it. I don't think a lot of people even was even aware that uh, that Windows Phone existed. The uh, the user experience on these things are actually not bad. It's it's comparable to, to, to even iOS as far as general user friendliness. So, it, 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 in a way, it kind of hurts my heart with this because... The people suffering from this, uh, or, or the ones suffering from this, are the end uh, consumer, and uh, and yeah, just overall competition. Sugar. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but they're being phased out, and there's no reason for companies to invest uh, resources and time, money, people, in um, keeping these platforms updated when they're not going to be around for much longer but it is sad and, and that's really the, the natural selection and evolution of uh of technology in the first place you either st you either stay you either keep up you stay uh you stay up with uh with the times because it's, it's an ever-evolving field and are an ever-evolving environment or you get left behind like blackberry did like even uh, microsoft did with windows phone and it's especially with windows phone i thought that was a great product i, I really did and uh it was uh, to me that was just one I really got to shake my head at. Uh, that that was sad. That was really sad, folks. That is all I have to share with you as far as BTLR is concerned, as far as the podcast is concerned. However, if you are watching the live stream, especially Lornikins Forty Five, stay tuned uh, because we got plenty more to share with you here in just a little bit. However, if you are listening to the podcast, thank you very much for listening. Do check us out at BrayhawkTech.com. That's our primary hub, our central hub for all things Brayhawk Tech. Do consider uh, joining the club. It's just st simply starting at a couple of bucks a month. At the very least, what you could have done is if you enjoy these podcasts, you could have watched it streamed live. Uh, you could have even interacted with us because uh, I, I keep mentioning the uh, the chat room that, uh, that we're in. So you could actually be a, a, an interactive part of the conversation as well. If you would so choose, uh, there's a bunch of other things that, well, lots of other things that we actually offer our club members as well. Uh, troubleshooting uh, devices, phones, tablets, uh, computers. Uh, troubleshooting and helping you fix them if that's the case. If you have your own idea that you want to, want help getting off the ground, if you want your own website, we can help you get one set up. If you want help muddling through patent paperwork, we can do that too. We have done that. We are doing that. We're going to continue to do that, and uh, just all kinds of other services that we're offering for the club. So do check us out at those sites. And also while you're there, uh, don't be afraid 
way to uh, to click on a couple of links. Social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, we're all over the internet. We're not hard to find at all. And uh, on that note, I'm Brandon Hawkins with Brayhawk Tech, continuing to help you implement your ideas through today's technology. That's the tech news, and I'm out of here. 